0: Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome to Somewhere in the Middle with Michelle Broad. I'm your host, Michelle Broad, founder and CEO of Urban Book Editor, and I'm really happy to share this hour with you where we can examine all those places where spirit meets life and the joys and challenges that may bring. You guys know I like to start by thanking Ms. Beverly Black and Tribe Family Channel for helping me create the space for us. Tribe Family Channel is home to an assortment of thought-provoking shows that explore life, spirit, business, and culture including the woman at the well hosted by miss beverly black herself somewhere in the middle was born on Tri family channel and though we have grown onto our own platform we are ever grateful and loyal to our roots to paraphrase an african proverb we are here only because we stand on the shoulders of those who came before us i want to say thank you to my guest on the july 23rd show women's transformation coach petia koliboba you can connect with petia at her website PetiaKolibova.com. That's P-E-T-I-A-K-O-L-I-B-O-V-A.com, and on social media. If you missed that show, make sure you listen to the replay. You can find our complete show archives, including the July 23rd show, at the theSomewhereInTheMiddlePodcast.com. I also want to shout out Bruce George of the Geniuses Common Movement, which encourages all of us to embrace our inner genius and share it with the world. It is so important that we share this message with the youth, but it's not just for the young people. Sometimes we adults need to be reminded that the world needs our genius. Learn more about the Genius is Common movement at www.geniusiscommon.com. Now, I really learned a lot talking with this month's guest, and I know you will too. DeMaria Gold has a unique perspective on money and personal finances. She holds a master's degree in accounting and finance, has been practicing as a tax accountant for over 10 years, and founded the Gold Standard Accounting and Tax Inc. in Huntington Beach, California. DeMaria is passionate about helping small business owners, more specifically women-owned businesses, to understand their money. As a first-generation American and an entrepreneur, she understands the difficulties that are faced. Money goes beyond business, and that is why she's determined to help others be confident money women. Damari can explain money and personal finances, different levels and aspects, whether money mindset, money management, taxes, or just business fundamentals. She has a wealth of knowledge to share. So I'd like to welcome Damari Gold to Somewhere in the Middle with Michelle Berard. Damari, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm really excited because of what you do and who you serve. And I want to ask the two questions that I like to use to start any interview so that we can really dig into what you're doing and why you're doing it, okay? Mm Mm-hmm, let's go. All right, Damari Gold, who are you? And how did you get to be who you are today?
1: or of who I am. <laughs> I am a first generation American, a woman that is striving to teach other women how to have freedom, security, confidence when it comes to money, no matter how much money they make, no matter where they are in life, and no matter how much their life changes or wages change. I want to teach women how to be confident when it comes to their financial decision-making. And that is why I am here today. (laughs) That is my passion and that is my purpose. Aside from being a first-generation American, I mean, I grew up uh, by all means poor. I grew up in the projects. And so the things that molded me to become the woman that I am today were really my own financial resets in life. And I often teach that, No matter, like for myself, I owe $110,000 in student loans. I don't own a home and I have a business. I have a good business. And that for me was my American dream. So I'd like to teach also for people to rethink their definition of success and really to find your true north as far as what you believe is your own definition of your American dream, your success, your freedom, your security, and so on.
0: Okay, so you said a couple of things that struck me. The first one is first-generation American. Yes. What do you mean? Tell us about that.
1: (laughs) So my family is originally from El Salvador, and my mom and my dad at the time, and my sister as well, actually, she was born in El Salvador as well, um, made their way over to the U.S. many years ago, um, and literally, I am the first generation American in my entire family. Um, so I was the first born in the US in Los Angeles. And that's, you know, as I know, sometimes it might not sound as like, oh, well, wow, what a big deal. But it is. Mm-hmm. People have no idea how that event or how that changed the trajectory of our entire family and not only my mom but myself as well. I get a little emotional about it because it's, it's a big impact. Um, both my sister and I, my mom at some point became a single mom and um, both my sister and I pursued an education I wasn't great at school when I was a kid. I hated it, actually. (laughs) And so but at some point I was determined to make something of myself and to decide what I wanted out of life. And so then I said, "Okay, I know what I want to pursue. And and then I was able to go to school and get all the way to my master's degree. And my sister as well. She had a lot of obstacles to overcome. And um, but she is a teacher. She also holds a master's degree. Her daughters are, again, the second generation of that is they both are graduates, um, college graduates. And so it's just that, that change in generational wealth and generational mindset and so on. And so that's what that means, like how much impact that made for all of our lives.
0: Well, and I think a lot of people don't realize that people coming from other countries, They don't come for no reason. They don't (laughs) they come because they really need or want to shift things for themselves and their families for the better. And they perceive the United States as a place that they can do that, right?
1: That's right. Yeah. They are pursuing the American dream. They're pursuing Mm -hmm. to be able to better their circumstances. Yeah.
0: So I think that I I asked this question because my background, I, I studied Latin America and Caribbean. And so I have a serious interest in people who came to this country, they made that journey because that's not an easy journey.
1: No, it's definitely And
0: not. that journey had to have been part of what made you who you are today in terms of wanting to educate yourself first about yes. money, mm-hmm. wealth, mm-hmm. Um, watching your mom work so hard, to make sure that you and your sister got good educations and and had better life than what she perceived she could give you in El Salvador. That's right. All of that had to shape that. How -hmm. does that feed into what you do now?
1: Oh my gosh, that is probably the catalyst for what I do now because throughout my life, I, I realized that for the most part, as far as like money mindset, money for our parents or anyone that has been in this type of situation, or maybe even yourself, if you grew up poor money is survival for our parents. Money is never something that is like, oh, I get to take a vacation. I get to enjoy my life. It's not really even that it's just survival. I have, I have to work in order to feed my family. Um, And that, I can only imagine how difficult and how heavy that must feel for a parent to feel that the only option they have is to work hard or is to hustle or is to almost like slave away at a job because they have to feed their family, right? And, And so that initially brings us the instincts of survival One. And so a lot of times when I consider this a lot is is first generation Americans, immigrant, you know, daughters and sons of immigrants, um, people that grew up in a lower socioeconomic class or just poor, that is what we tend to gravitate towards is money is survival. And so sometimes we don't know how to handle when we get more Than what we've known to have. Right. And so what happens is that we get into debt, we start, you know, spending like crazy. We really don't know what to do with ourselves. Right. It's like, it's like finally I get money for myself. And now it's just all over the place. And so I believe that that was a catalyst in my life because I realize now all the mistakes I made financially simply because. I didn't know, one, I wasn't taught, two, and how many people go through life that way? We're not taught anything better, right? We're taught to use credit cards because we want something, the instant gratification, or when we were children, our parents never bought us what we wanted, so This is our first dive into getting whatever we want, but also getting ourselves into a massive amount of debt, therefore still creating the cycle of, I have to work hard, I have to do this, I have to, you know, creating this life that's a box because you feel like you can't get out of it. And so those things, not only my mom being an immigrant, watching her work two jobs, watching her hustle, Um, cleaning houses, selling things, you know, all of those things really shaped and molded my own understanding of money, my own perception of how I need to work, what things I need to do. And, but then as I got older, I realized that (laughs) my money insecurities weren't going away, no matter how much money I was making. Right.
0: Yeah. I think Ken Honda talks about that, that We don't realize it's not just a matter of financial literacy or making more money. It's really that mindset piece that is the most important part. Yes. Yes, You know, the things we learn, the emotions we pick up, I think, is what he would probably say. Not that I want to speak for Ken Honda. But um, (laughs) the way I perceived it was it's the, the emotions that we pick up from our parents, our caregivers, the situation around us that we carry with us into adulthood.
1: Yes, and I think most people if if they sat and thought about uh, their first maybe interaction with money, that something that happened, right? And most people can think of a time where they were like I remember this or my parents saying money doesn't grow on trees or we don't have money for that or certain things, right? If we go back to that time frame in our lives, and we kind of apply it or see the parallel in our life today i guarantee most of us are somehow being reflected upon that time in our life and that that happens more often than you know than we know or can think of but these are things that we have to become aware of because those are those types of emotions or those types of actions are the ones that can essentially affect us financially Good or bad, if we don't become aware of how to change them. And why is that particularly important for women? For women, especially because I believe that although, as a culture, women, we've advanced so much, but money is still something that a lot of women don't talk about. They're, they feel very insecure about. Um, I believe, and this is probably true for both men and women, but if you think about financial decision-making, most people don't feel like they have someone they can talk to about this because they're either embarrassed or they feel like they've messed up and they don't want people to know where they are financially, or just the simple fact that you show something, but then what the reality is, is something different, right? So if you're walking around with a Gucci belt (laughs) <laughs> your you know but you feel like or you are in a massive amount of debt what happens right you you start right. feeling embarrassed about your situation so a lot of times people don't talk about it and it's specifically true for women because i believe that as women our lives change a lot throughout throughout our lifetime whether that be being single getting married having children a lot of things impact our lives and the way we can generate money Mm -hmm. and also the financial decision-making that that we have. Because sometimes women have the tendency of when they get married, they leave the financials to the husband. Not always, but that Mm -hmm. happens sometimes, right? And then what happens there is that they're completely unaware of what their circumstance is. Mm -hmm. And that's not good. And that's not to say, you know, only only you have to take care of it. No, you need to do it together. You both right. need to know where you stand together as a couple, as a married couple, right? Because then God forbid, because this this happened to me. So so that's why I would like your listeners to understand. I got a divorce and again, I walked away with nothing. And so during my divorce, it was like, I, I was primarily the person that handled the finances. So I knew where I stood as far as like how much money I had saved and all these things. But then it's the next thing. It's like, okay, how do I make sure I provide for my kids? Right. Like, you know, childcare is not cheap. No. So, (laughs) so not at all. Exactly. So I think for, for, especially for women is that we tend to feel insecure about our financial decision-making either because of our history, parents' history Or because of our current situation or because no one taught us to do anything better and statistically speaking, for the most part, it is said that men. They they're a little bit more stable when it comes to finances that they're not um, normally as far as like working, they know they have to work they they're not as like up and down the things that they spend on women, we worry a lot more and so even statistically speaking, men contribute more to retirement than women do. Why? Because women have kids, right? And so we stopped working, but now the tides have really changed. And that's another reason throughout history, women haven't worked the way we work now. Um, Women weren't earning what we earn now. So understanding where we stand financially and the life that we want to create for ourselves isn't just the man's responsibility, isn't somebody else's responsibility. This is our responsibility. And that's why it's important for me, for women to really step into that confidence and know what they're doing with their finances.
0: Well, you know, and I think it's interesting too, because here in the United States, talking about money and religion are the two things you're not supposed to talk about.
1: (laughs) Yes. Exactly, right? Money religion government. Yeah. But you know, you have to because what what do people most people do? They talk you know, I guess if you if you think about it, most men talk business, right? And they can talk numbers and money. Women don't talk that stuff. Yeah. We have to. We have to talk about that stuff. You have to feel comfortable in saying, "Hey, I have debt." I do. And so what? That doesn't define who I am. That doesn't define my life or the way I want to live it. But I have debt. Am I working towards paying it off? Yes. Hey, guess what? I don't own a home. Not a big deal.
0: (laughs) Like, what's the big deal? Well, and there are choices that you make, right? So you might decide, I don't want to own a home. Exactly. I have a home now, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to own a home
1: anymore. <laughs> exactly. No, but thank you. That is the perfect example is it's ownership. It's owning that somebody else's standard to the American dream to what is is success doesn't have to be your definition of success. For me, you know, something that I'd like people to understand is that for me, my freedom is the fact that. I get to wake up at seven o'clock if I want. I get to go to the gym and work out at nine o'clock, get home, get ready. I get to schedule podcast calls in between my day. I get to leave my office if I want to and go walk to the beach if I want. I get to do all of these things because that is the freedom that I wanted to create for myself. And so that for me was a better priority or a top priority in my life, more so than owning a home or being tied down to a nine to five. And I did the nine to five. So don't think I didn't do it. I straddled for many years. Most of my adult life, I've worked two jobs. So exactly. And and that didn't necessarily get me ahead in any kind of way, right? Mm -hmm. Because financially or mentally, or in my mindset, I still was functioning under survival, maybe, or even getting myself into more debt, not really changing the cycle, not understanding that, hey, I need to be aware of my patterns. And so a lot of times this happens quite often. And so defining what success is to you, defining what your definition of your freedom, your security, your confidence, what does that mean for you? What is How do you want to structure your life and create the life that you want to live? Those are the questions people need to ask themselves.
0: Well, and I think that this generation has a better grip on that concept of creating the life they want for themselves, not necessarily wanting the lives of parents. the boomers <laughs> or the Gen Xers. Um, uh, you know, I love, I, I love the Gen X sitting back watching the, is it Gen X and Gen Z watching millennials and boomers fight? Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Cuz that is me. I'd sit there with a glass of wine like, yeah, y'all just battle it out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that I think that millennials get a bad rap in particular because they want to create a different kind of life for themselves. They really understand this concept that yeah, the way that you guys did it isn't necessarily working or at least yeah. it doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. I want to create something different or I want to create something new, and I love seeing people create businesses create opportunities for themselves, maybe even decide, hey, I don't want to do any of that. I want to travel. So I'm going to oh. pick up odd jobs and do that for a while and really mm-hmm. get to see the world and get to know myself. Yeah. How do how do you think that women in particular, but
1: mm-hmm. maybe
0: even young people in particular, since they're the ones most prone to this, yes. can figure out what help, what can they do to help figure out? what is it that they really want for themselves? You know, blocking out what, you know, the elders say or what other people (laughs) say, what's the strategy they can use to figure that out?
1: I think understanding your true desire, you know, if you remove or if you strip away anything that you've been told, right? So if you think of the core of something you want, it's like, okay, if if I want to travel the world, what is the core of that? Is the core of it getting away because you feel bored? Or is the core because you actually believe that that is something that's going to enrich your life? Or is it that because your friends are doing it? You know, it's really coming down to what is the core of, of what you want. And it's okay to want something different. It's okay to want something that's not typical. Because a lot of times, even first-generational entrepreneurs have a hard time with sharing that with their parents, especially if their parents have lived a traditional life of working a nine-to-five because they have a false sense of security. So therefore, they're not going to understand your want or need for a business or your want or need to create whatever. And they might not even understand your want or need to travel the world. (laughs) So. So, understanding really your core of, of maybe what you want or desire for yourself is, I believe, the first key in really stepping into okay, if I know truly what I want, now the next step is am I being consistent with myself and with my actions to get to what I really want? And it is difficult sometimes when your parents don't agree with your life or if someone in your family doesn't agree but again if you're true to yourself about your core reason or your core belief or anything that's moving you forward for that dream then you know being consistent with yourself regardless of what people say is is going to be the key and that's that's what i think it really comes down to is more so you know the reasoning behind what you want um, knowing that it, it can't come from somebody else or a belief of something else or because your friends are doing it. Because if somebody else is doing it and that's the only reason why you choose to do it, it might not be, and you could try it, it might not be what you like, right? right. right? But, but I think that, I think getting to the core of what your, what your true desires are.
0: Yeah, got it, got it. Well, you know what? You mentioned something else that was really important and that was understanding your patterns. Yes. How do you go about understanding your patterns? See, or one, seeing the pattern. <laughs> yeah. Two, understanding the patterns. And mm-hmm. three, tying it back so that you can see where it came from and how you can kind of circumvent that or, or mitigate it.
1: So I think for me, well, there's two different things, I guess, that we can analyze. And that's one is the financial aspect of thing. And the other thing is like an emotional thing. Mm -hmm. If you find yourself feeling a certain way often, Mm -hmm. that right there, if you can identify the fact that you feel a certain way often, that right there is your pattern. So
0: can you give us an example so that, you know, like.
1: Give an example of a like maybe you feel stressed
0: paying your bills
1: or what what kind of thinking. Yes, that's that's an excellent example. So if any every time you get a bill or any time you're paying your bills, you feel stressed or you feel angry or you feel depressed or you feel any kind of way, anything that arises, feelings Mm -hmm. or a pattern that you or, you know, something that that you notice is common in you. And I would even take it a, a step further and write it down of when you feel this way, <laughs> like, and what happened that made you feel this way? Like, was there something that, that happened in your life? So I'll give you an example for my, my own self, because this is something I've had to work on myself is that, which I noticed is funny that so I have this thing where I have a lot of money saved and then I'll leave my checking account at a very low. And if I get past a certain point, I feel like I'm broke. Like, I feel like, oh my gosh, I am getting to like, I don't have enough. Right. And it's, it's a pattern. It's, I know it. I can sense the trigger. I can feel it. So, and, and it happens to me. And I notice anytime that I get below a certain amount, I start feeling like, Okay. What am I doing? What am I spending on? What do I, you know? And so all of those things start really coming in and my body naturally wants to get into this state of lack mm. naturally wants to get into the state of, I don't have, there's not enough. What am I doing? You know? So, and that's a natural reoccurring thing. One thing, um, Dr. Joe Dispenza, and I highly recommend this if you're yes. working on yourself, the rewired series. Mm-hmm he talks about how our bodies are like stress guys and anxiety and all those things are like drugs. Your body naturally will go to that because that's what it's used to. So if, you, if there's something that you know that triggers that pattern, that triggers those habits it's best to write it down so that you know what is causing it. So if paying a bill is causing that or if anything is causing that, then this is where you write it down. Now, awareness is the first part, right? So becoming aware of when something is causing a stress, anxiety, so on. Mm -hmm. The second part is understanding, Okay, now that you know what that is and you can identify it, because it is difficult sometimes for our minds to get out of the funk, right? I've suffered from depression and I know what that's like. I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like to feel like I've gotten to this point and feel like a loser. I feel like I've accomplished all this and I still feel like I have nothing because I don't own a home because I don't drive, whatever, like, you know, again, because we could always take that step further. Right. And so when I start doing this, because this happens to me, so I have to work on myself. So then it's like, okay. So I know I, I get to a certain point in balance and, and so I'm like freaking out or I'm starting to think my mind's starting to race and, and try to go back to its natural you know, state. And then I remind myself, how many times have I not, have I, or has the universe or God or whatever you believe in or, or money has come into my life without me needing to anything? Right. Things can change tomorrow, guys. Things can change in an hour from now. Literally, you and I can hang up right now and somebody can call me and say, hey, I want to hire you for XYZ and here's an advance. Right. So we have to see the goodness in, also in our lives, the patterns, the, things, the good things that have happened in our lives that reflect on the fact that we are taken care of we are not, we're not broke. We're not, we're not going to be starving. We're not going to be in the street. Like we have the ability to create. And if God willing or universe willing or whatever you believe in, you continue on in health and Mm -hmm. you're good and your family's good. And I know that sounds cliche, but honestly, gratitude is a universal, it's it's universal money. (laughs) Gratitude Is, is like the something. key that unlocks every door. Exactly. And so mm-hmm. if you can really get yourself to first stop, and you know what? Even if you have to talk to yourself and be like, girl, no, <laughs> bye. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna go there with you. You know, whatever it is, right. trust me, I tell myself stuff like this. I'll be like, no, bye. I'm not gonna talk to you. Thank you for showing up. Thank you. I know I get it. This is I know little Jamari this is this is difficult but but here's the thing every single time like something comes every single time i'm provided for every single time there is no need so so really it's like when we identify when we see what's going on is really coming back down to gratitude And understanding that the moment will pass. And yes, it's okay to feel and acknowledge your stress or the anxiety or the things. But if you're able to go back to a gratitude, go back to a time where you needed money and it it was there for you.
0: Yeah. So it just
1: appeared like (laughs) magic because that does happen. Yeah, Like
0: you said, it does happen. Mm -hmm. So it can't be an isolated occurrence. It's
1: that's right. That's right. Because you're there for a reason, right? Like mm-hmm. I didn't just all of a sudden have a business. I have my firm, my beautiful office. I didn't just get that overnight. I mean, you're talking 10 years of work and, and that just didn't happen overnight. Right. So, right. so I think, so sometimes, yeah, when I start thinking that way or the negative thoughts want to creep in and I'm like, girl, like, come on. <laughs> like not being dramatic just, yeah exactly <laughs> like stop being dramatic like but you know it, it also comes down to the core of of that belief for my I noticed oh so what I was going to tell you is that my mom does the same thing and my mom is a wealthy woman now and she's funny because I know she acts like she just does not have the money. Like she just will not, you know, and that comes from obviously her history and all of right. those things. But I realize that. And I, I, mean, I laugh sometimes and her and I joke and I tell her, see, I get it from you. Yeah. <laughs> and, but those are things that, that we can start recognizing those habits and those beliefs and those things that are really coming in and creeping into our lives mm-hmm. that affect us, um, our mindset. Um, that we might not notice. And, you know, another good tip somebody um, gave me was get like a Mason jar or a jar. And anytime you have something good happen in your life, that's like a money win. Right. right? Put a sticky note by the jar so that you can write and put it in there. And then whenever you're feeling times of like uncertainty or anything like that, get something out of there so that you can remind yourself. Beautiful. Yeah, it was very, very nice. So I was like, that's, that's a really good idea. I like that.
0: That's beautiful. I think everyone should think about adopting something like that. That's yes. beautiful. So tell me what you do with your clients in particular. Ooh, a,
1: whole <laughs> lot. a whole lot. So really the core of my, of my career is I'm a tax accountant. Um, mm-hmm. so tax planning, we offer bookkeeping and tax planning services. So the, my higher end clients, we offer a lot of strategic step tax planning. Um, my expertise really is now more online businesses because what happens is that a lot of online businesses, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. younger generations are creating wealth in a different way. And making money online is very new as far as the, the type of industry and mm-hmm. also for IRS purposes and tax purposes. It's very new in a sense that you guys, you guys, I'm going to say you guys, all of us, we don't have a lot of overhead. Right. So and and how to plan for that can be very daunting sometimes for some entrepreneurs and most entrepreneurs, sometimes they just don't know And, you know, they're just like, I don't Mm -hmm. know what exactly. So, and and I thought you right there, the
0: reason that that matters from a tax perspective Mm -hmm. is because some of that overhead is stuff you can write off, right?
1: Yes, yes, definitely. A lot of things get missed, honestly, Mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot of things get missed and it's simply because they don't know, right. And, or they're afraid or they think, oh my gosh, if I put this in there, I'm going to get audited (laughs) and then Mm -hmm. it doesn't work that way. So, so I teach my clients really how to become aware of the type of expenses, keeping track of what they have, and then we go into the more intent, intense tax planning, especially those clients that are making a lot more money. Mm-hmm. Um, but for my other clients, I have I have a course, Entrepreneurship 101, where I teach the fundamentals of taxation and business structure, because we don't get taught these things. Like, you'll start a business, you don't know how many times. I'll be like, okay. And they'll be like, oh yeah, I I started an LLC. And let me tell you, Mm -hmm. in California, like we're the most expensive state you can have a corporation in. So it's very difficult sometimes for me because I'm like, oh, why? Like just, you know, sometimes it's not, they'll just hear it from a friend. Oh, you should start an LLC. And that's what they go do, you know? If you're in a different state then it might not be as bad but in california we have a minimum franchise tax of eight hundred dollars so it's like i know (laughs) yeah (laughs) so it's like uh no that's not what you want to do you know and at what point should you incorporate right so i go through i go through the fundamentals and i try to make it simple and fun because I don't want you to be like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to go through this boring course. <laughs> Not at all. I actually have memes in my, in my presentations.
0: Awesome. So
1: that, yeah, I try to make it very simple and just the fundamentals, just so that you understand that. And then we can move forward with your understanding of the types of business structures, taxation forms. There's so many forms that mm. as an entrepreneur you have to be aware of. And yeah again, we're not taught these things. Right. Right and, right. and oftentimes like I get, you know, you're not, I'm not your typical tax accountant. And I say, yeah, I'm not your daddy's tax accountant. Like I'm not going to look at you crazy because I get a lot of online entrepreneurs that say like, oh yeah, I was telling my tax accountant this. And they're just like looking at me like, or, you know, whoever my tax person, right. Like that's not a write-off. And I'm like, they don't even know, <laughs> they don't know anything about the online space. Right. So what, and, and that's our, our job as tax accountant. That's what I believe is that we need to be familiar with the industry because this is where the future is going. Yes. We need to be familiar and understand the industry because we have to be able to represent our clients in a tax audit or in any given situation and help them understand what is tax deductible to them, what is good for them to report. Right. how to do it, best practices, all of those things. Because again, we're not taught those things, right? We're just expected right. to know how to do it. And so, um, yeah, that is, that is what I teach my clients. That is what I focus on with them there. And then Damari Gold Consulting is more of the women empowerment, women confidence. And that is my um, be a confident money woman freedom at any wage.
0: I love it. I love it because it really does. You mentioned different things that raise and lower women's wages throughout their lives. And sometimes it's decisions that you make. Like when my Mm -hmm. kids were younger, I made a decision. I -hmm. would rather be at home with them more and Mm -hmm. have less money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I felt like I was stressed out and struggling sometimes, but, and I'm just putting my hands together, like in prayer right now, none of my kids got into any trouble I think the teenage years are more dangerous than the younger years. It's better <laughs> yes. for you to be around and that sacrifice paid off. You know what yes. I mean? But yes. it's, yes. it's stressful. So that freedom mm-hmm. at any wage, that is huge.
1: Yeah. I encourage yes.
0: everybody to, to go learn about that. Yes. Damari. How can they connect with you? How can people connect with you on social media, your website? Give us all of it. We want to give you
1: all, all of it. <laughs> so you can find me on Instagram, Damari gold. And my website is Damari We also have TGS accounting. That is my firm, the gold standard accounting, um, tgsaccounting.com. So if you're interested in tax or any consultations, we will have some consultations available in August, um, and Damari Yeah do
0: you work with people for the tax part outside of california
1: i do yes so i am licensed to practice in um all over the u.s okay. so federally it's all the same states mm-hmm. are the ones that vary but yes okay. i am licensed and represent all over
0: awesome awesome damari gold thank you so much for being somewhere in the middle guys make sure you reach out to damari at her website also she forgot to tell you she's on facebook You can find her as Damari (laughs) Gold on Facebook, Damari
1: Gold on Instagram, and say the website again. You got two websites. DamariGold.com is the Be a Confident Money Woman and TGSaccounting.com is our tax services.
0: Make sure you definitely check out the tax services if you have a business, especially if you're running it online.
1: Yes. Thank you again.
0: Thank you. Well, that's our show this week, guys. You can reach out to me online at urbanbookeditor.com or michellebarard.com. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram as Urban Book Editor. Send me a note, I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to send in some topics you'd like us to cover on the show. Make sure you tune into the show on September 24th when my guest will be Executive Director of Reconomics Institute, Storm Cunningham. You can find us once a month on Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Mountain, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time at the, Somewhere in the Middle Podcast.com. Let's continue the conversation. You guys be good, stay mindful, and remain free. Peace and blessings, y'all.